How are you? So far, so good? You enjoying that snow that's falling in the midst of blue skies and sun? Kind of strange, isn't it? It's all right. I'm liking that. I like it better that way than when it's real dark and gloomy. And, and I'll take that snow all day over ice, won't you? Much rather have snow and have this than we would to have it raining right now with a chance of freezing up. But I'm glad to see you. I want you to get your Bible and be turning with me here in just a moment. We're going to be looking in, in Luke chapter 1. The word impossible means something that is unable to be done or something that is unable to happen. And with you and I, there are a lot of things that are impossible. I'm not going to try to burst your bubbles, parents, for you've told your children they could be anything they wanted to be when they grew up. But that's just not true. No matter how hard a young man applies himself and prepares and strives, he can never be a diesel truck when he grows up. It just can't happen. You say, you're taking it too literally. Well, you told him that. You can be anything you want to be. There are some things that you just cannot be or do because they are just flat, straight out impossible for us. They're just impossible. Now, on the other hand, we can do some pretty amazing things when we're driven by a particular vision. We can do things that we never would otherwise when we're presented with situations that demand us to think outside of the box. You think about that. Things that were deemed impossible are not. They, they were just never tackled by the right person with the right focus. Let me illustrate that. Many, many years ago, the automobile genius Henry Ford wanted to build what seemed in his day to be an impossible engine. And so he was eager to get this engine into production and he had some of the fellows draw up some plans and present them to the engineers. And the engineers continued to study the drawings and finally they just came to the same conclusion. They said though their visionary boss uh, was just that, he... Um, just didn't know a lot about the fundamental principles of engineering. And somebody was going to have to tell him very gently that his dream of creating a V8 engine was impossible. And so they broke him the news gently, to which he replied, do it anyway. But it's impossible. And he said, go ahead. And stay on the job until you succeed. I don't care how long it takes. And for six months, they struggle with design after design and drawing after drawing and nothing. Six months came and went. Another six months came and went. 
drawings and designs and still nothing to show for it until finally they approached him and they again and they said we've been at this for a year and what you're asking us to do is just impossible and he said to them keep going and so they went back to the drawing board and you know the rest of the story without me dragging it on because some of you today drove up in trucks that have nice big V8 engines in them. Somebody say amen for the power of a V8 engine. I'm glad he didn't give up. Not everything that we call impossible is impossible. We just haven't tackled it with the right focus and vision. But then there are some things for man that are just physically impossible. And you say, that I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, it, it's that way because God intended it that way. I don't care how much you want to be able to live underwater. You don't have gills. You may learn to hold your breath for 20 minutes. Wow, that'd be something. But you still can't live there, nor can you ever aspire to live in space without some specifically designed suit to allow you to exist. You just can't. You can say, when I grow up, I want to live in space, just going to walk around on the moon, and it's just impossible. It just is. I mean, you're like, man, I'm discouraged. I had such high hopes for this new year, and he has just destroyed everything i toyed with people when i was a teenager because i had always heard that i could be anything i wanted to be when i grew up and they said what do you want to be when you grow up and i said i want to be an electric guitar you want to play electric guitar and i already do that i want to be used to really mess with people's heads they said he's on drugs he's messed up real bad some things that are just impossible for us. They just are. Our text today comes from the Christmas story. I guess I'm just not ready to turn loose of it yet for the year. I'm still hanging on. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 34. talks about some supernatural occurrences. Something that is supernatural, we call miracles. And miracles still take place because even though there are many things that are impossible for us, nothing is impossible for God. So Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm not married. And the angel answered, he said, the Holy Spirit will come down to you and God's power will come over you. So your child will be called the Holy Son of God. And your relative Elizabeth, she's also going to have a son, even though she's old. No one thought she could ever have a baby. But in three months, she's going to have a son. Why? Nothing is impossible for God. So there is a formula given here in verse 35 whereby the impossible becomes the possible. 
You got your pen, write this down. The impossible becomes possible when these two things happen. Number one, when the Holy Spirit comes down to us. And two, when God's power comes over us. When those two things happen, the supernatural occurs. The birth of Jesus was impossible until these two things happened. Nobody had ever, nor have they ever since, gotten pregnant without having been with someone until Mary got pregnant in a whole new way. When the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and God's power was infused, the impossible occurred. Hence, the immaculate conception. The impossible conception. The impossible birth. Though there have been young folks throughout the years who tried to convince their parents that this had happened to them, It only happened one time. Can you imagine what it would be like today if they had had at their disposal the technology of being able to utilize DNA and they were to have taken... a specimen from the Lord Jesus. And they said, well, we know who his mama is. But we can't figure out who his dad is. It's not Joseph and it's not any other human. It was impossible. It was only possible because the Holy Spirit overshadowed and the power of God infused. When those two things happen, when they come together, the impossible becomes possible in our lives. What impossible thing needs to happen in your life this year? I'll tell you right now, for those of you that are a little bit discouraged, saying, well, the impossible never happens for me. If you are a believer, raise your hand. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, raise your hand. All right. Let me explain something to all of those of you that raise your hand. The impossible has already happened in your life. You say the impossible never happens to me. I'm telling you there was no way, there was no way that you could have ever saved yourself until the Holy Spirit overshadowed and the power of God infused and you accepted Jesus as your Savior and became a new creature. Becoming a different creature than the one you were born is impossible. The impossible has already happened in your life. How about another one? To think that the Holy Spirit 
could actually come and dwell in these little insignificant clay bodies and not just dwell in them, but empower them and equip them to do amazing, miraculous things for God. We call that the empowering and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit into one of these little clay bodies is impossible except for the infusing and the power of God. The overshadowing. Let me give you another one. I don't care how much money you would have paid. I don't care how good you would have been. You would have never been able to produce eternal life. But if you're born again, you are not just looking forward to eternal life. You're living eternal life right now. You're in it already. It's not something that's going to happen someday when you die and wake up in the next place. Your spirit has already come alive. It's as alive as it's ever going to be. This old clay body is going to die someday. But the spirit in you that connects with Jesus has been alive since the moment you received him as your savior. And he'll be with you throughout eternity. You're not going to get eternal life someday. You got eternal life on the day you became a believer. You're living it now. That's a miracle that could only have happened if God would have overshadowed you and infused you with himself. Miracles happen. The impossible becomes possible when those two things occur. Nothing is impossible for God. He gets involved in our lives and he accomplishes the, uh, the impossible for us all the time. You know, we see, we, see the, we see miracles all the time. We see healings and we see restorations and, and, and we see signs and wonders and we see deliverances. We see them all the time. We just begin to take them for granted too often. Every time you witness a person being born into the kingdom of God, you have witnessed another miracle. Yet it just becomes... Uh, Sometimes it just becomes a trite thing. Oh, yeah, somebody else gave their heart to Christ this Sunday at church. So, some, somebody, you know, somebody, you hear the reports of six kids were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit at camp. We said, that's really cool. That's awesome. That was a miraculous thing. It was a miraculous thing. Two people in church with us last Sunday who might not even should have been alive were sitting in the midst of the miraculous and sometimes we're like, yeah, Lord, I'm, thank- I'm thankful. That's really good. That's really great. But we don't really, we don't really embrace the gravity of the situation. We are surrounded by the impossible. We are surrounded by the miraculous power of God all the time. The impossible is what God does. He doesn't, doesn't need to do the possible you can do the possible you can do the possible so i'm going to leave you with two thoughts this morning about how nothing is impossible for god same sentence but with the stress on different words and it changes the meaning you ready for this you got your pen write it down this way or it won't make sense for you nothing is impossible for god Focus on impossible. Nothing is impossible 
for God. And that means what you think it means. Well, what does it mean? It means he can do anything. It means that there's nothing too hard for him to do. Brian touched on it there just a few minutes ago when he talked about the insignificance of us on this planet. The earth being a mere speck thrown out into the middle of many, many universes. One little speck, and on that speck exist at this moment in time over 7 billion people who could be praying to him all at the same time and he wouldn't miss a word of it. Huh? He juggles the earth and all of the universes at the same time. He always has, he always will, and he's never become tired, he's never been stressed, he's never been worried, he's never been afraid, because he's God. There's nothing impossible for God. Jesus talked about his Father and the Godhead as a whole in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, when he said, Jesus looked at them and he said, it's impossible for people to save themselves, but it's not impossible for God to save them, because everything is possible for God. Luke 18, 27, Jesus said, the things that are impossible for people to do are possible for God to do. The very things that are impossible for you to do are possible for God to do. I want you to get that in your spirit before we go any further. There is nothing impossible for God. He can do anything. And then number two, Nothing is impossible for God. You say, well, you just said the same thing. Well, there's a different meaning. It's this. The only impossibility for God is for him to do nothing. That's different. Nothing's impossible for him, but it's impossible for him to do nothing. Hmm? He has to do something. It's who he is. He's active. He's alive. He's not just sitting up there somewhere surrounded by screens, eating popcorn. Angels are fanning him with palm branches. No. Ours is an active, living God. I want you, I don't do this to you very often, but I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, Our God is an ING God. He is an active God. That's what he is. He's never lazy. He's never disinterested. And when you ask, he acts. Did you hear that? How comforting is it to know the word says that when we ask anything according to his will. We could say to that mountain, be removed into the sea. And it would, what? Well, I've done that before, pastor, and the mountain didn't move. Well, were you doing it according to the word, the will, and the way of God? The, oh, there's stipulations? Well, yeah, there's stipulations. 
Now, some people pray prayers that God can't answer. God, kill my enemies. And God's like, hang on a minute now. That's, that's not my will, my way, my word. God, move a tree to show this guy next door that you can do it. And God's like, I put that tree there for a reason. That tree is in that spot for a reason. Had I wanted it over there, I would have put it over there. It's been right there for a long time. And I don't care what your buddy thinks. Well, I need God to do tricks for me so, he can, so that he can impress the people. Well, God don't do tricks for people. But when the supernatural needs to occur to accomplish his will, his way, and his word, it happens. That's why sometimes when you stand beside the bed of the person that the doctor said is going to die and you pray, they get up. It wasn't possible for man. And they don't have a, a way to describe what happened. That's why you hear it a lot of times, many times in medical terms. They'll say, well, we really don't have any, you know, we don't have an explanation. This was so much out of character and out of nature to what we expected. We'd never seen this kind of a result. No, you'd never seen that before. That's why we call it the supernatural. It was a miracle. Happened when the Holy Spirit overshadowed and the power of God infused because God decided according to his will, word, and way that this was something that needed to be done. And so he did it, and we can't describe it. That is the impossible. God is not our genie. I think if we treat him a certain way, that he would give us a million dollars and and do meet, meet all the, the do all the things that we want him. And God's like, I don't play all that. I don't have to do all that. I would rather have him the way that he is than the way that I would ask him to be. Because it comes out better for all of us in the long run. Would you rather have a million dollars today? Or would you rather have a God that can give you billions and trillions and trillions of not just money, but health and everything else that you need throughout the rest of your life whenever you need it? Which would you rather have? A million dollars today or a God that is everything? Doesn't own it. He is everything. Which would you rather have? A father who says to you, I'll get you what you need when you need it because I can and I'll move heaven and earth to do it if I have to because you're my child. I don't want or need tangible things on this planet. What I need is a supernatural father who says, I am everything that you'll ever need. More than you can imagine or ever ask for. Our God is not sedentary. He doesn't get fat or out of shape. Even through the Christmas season. He's constantly moving and acting. He doesn't go on, uh, go on break. He, he doesn't go to sleep. He doesn't go on vacation. He never quits. It's impossible for God to do nothing. He's always doing something. He's watching, hearing, knowing, working, living, caring, speaking, moving. This is who he is. He's an ING God. And when he acts, he acts big. He said in Psalm chapter 20, uh, Psalms 2 and verse 8, Ask me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. 
that means more to me than me getting on my knees. And some of y'all pray way too small. I'm not talking about being materialistic. I'm not talking about wasting your time praying for God to give you things on this planet that he's going to burn up anyway. He just allows you to have some of the blessings on this planet to make your life a little bit more enjoyable. But they don't matter. You know, why waste your time on your knees praying for a new car and a new house and those kinds of things when God says when you need them, I'll get you one anyway. You don't have to get on your knees and beg and cry and squall. Oh, God, I, you know, I, 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 our car won't run. Well, your car won't run. Well, God may be asking you to do something, but in turn... You don't have a car. I've seen God give people cars various ways. Sometimes somebody gave them one. Sometimes he opens a door for them to be able to purchase one. All different kinds of things happen. They happen all different. They may not happen the way you wanted it to, but I've seen God do all kinds of things. So we limit God. God, I wish I had a job. God's saying, why are you going to settle? What kind of job? What kind of job? God, I wish I could do your will. He said, why don't you? That's why I put you there. Well, if everything was lined up, God, if everything was lined up, I would do what you want. me. He's saying, just start doing what I want you to do. And it'll move out of your way. Nothing is impossible for God. He just can't do nothing. A strange sounding sentence. He is unable to do nothing. Doesn't work for him. He cannot be unable. He has to do something. He has to say something. He has to. He's God. And he can save and he can heal and he can deliver and he can set people free. And he can call people. He can equip people. He can empower people on and on and on and on and on. Listen to what Blaise Pascal said. I quote him. He said, the greatest single distinguishing feature of the omnipotence of God is that our imagination gets lost when thinking about it. Conclude with a story. A little boy going to visit his grandparents climbs onto an airplane and sits down next to a man who has a big red shiny apple sitting on the tray because it's going to be a snack midway through the flight. The boy sits down, puts his seatbelt on, takes out a Sunday school paper. It was a take-home paper from his class. And he starts reading it. And the professor thought to himself, I think I'm going to have a little fun with this kid. And so he said, young man, if you can tell me something God can do, I'll give you this apple. And the little boy said, mister, if you could tell me something God can't do, I'll give you a whole barrel of apples. It's faith. It's faith. You say, it's so hard for me to have faith. I would say, I would ask you the question, why? It should be the easiest thing in the world for us to trust a God that can do all this. Shouldn't it? 
He can do all this. And then you say, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. Well, look what he's done for you already. And then you have his word to boot, full of promises and blessings to those who faithfully love him and serve him. Telling you guys, we got it made. That's why they call it the good news. That's why the whole world needs to hear this good news. Because he is able to love all seven billion of us the same, all at the same time. Love us, save us, heal us, forgive us, change us, call us, equip us, and use us for his glory. He is God and nothing is impossible for God except to do nothing. He's God. He is the God who saved you. He is the God who loves you. He is the God who keeps you. He is the God who's going to keep you throughout eternity. And he is definitely the God who can answer your prayer today. Examine your prayer. Well, my prayer hadn't been answered. Examine your heart. Are you saying there's sin in my heart? Not necessarily. But if there is, that should hinder communication. Or if you're praying amiss. If you're asking him to do something that goes against his word, will, and way, well, then he's not answering that prayer the way you want him to. He is answering it. He's just saying no. But then go back to that faithful prayer of that individual who's praying something like, God, I want you to save my kids. And God's like, I want to. Praying that prayer, oh, God. Meet the needs of our missionaries. God, we got, you got missionaries. Oh, God, we pray for the persecuted church all over the world that you'll give them strength to stand for you. And God's like, that's a prayer I can get behind. But how much of our prayers consist of those types of things? How much of your prayer is you telling God your Christmas wish list? As opposed to it being, oh, God, would you do something for somebody else? And would you change me? Because when the prayer is, God, would you help somebody and would you change me so I'll think about that? And God says, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And in the midst of me doing that, I can do a whole lot more for you. Solomon said, Lord, I just, this, this job, this job of, of ruling over your people is too much for me. Would you, would you give me wisdom? So I'll know how to rule these people the way you would have me to. And God said, yeah, I'll give you wisdom. And since your heart is right, a couple other things you're not going to have to worry about. You won't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about your health. Was it, is, that any, is that found anywhere else in Scripture besides that one situation? Yeah, there's another place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Our God can do and does do and must do the impossible. And sometimes we limit him in our particular lives by the prayers we pray. Because of the motive we pray them from. But there is not anything that he can't do. Except not do something. And that's what he wants to do today. We have gatherings like these. Because they encourage us and they, they, they strengthen our relationship with each other and with him. 
Our relationship with God takes place outside of here. It's an ongoing, everyday thing. It must be strong. If that, if that relationship is strong all through the week, then when you come in here, then you get what you're supposed to get. If this is the only thing you're doing through the week, then this doesn't mean much to you. If all you do is come to church once a week, then what you're doing is you're coming and you're saying, I really like that music. And that guy that speaks sometimes, he's funny. I like to hear his jokes. But for the person that's abiding in Christ, that's living in Christ every day of the week, these are our moments when we come together. These are the moments we come together to get to see God do something. We don't come because we like the songs. We don't come because we like the preacher. We come because we like the power of God. We come because we like Jesus. We love God and we love his power and we love his presence and we love his anointing and we know that he can do far and above more than we could ever think or ask. And we come to places like this together and we, our faith is boosted as we sing and we hear and then we pray and we see God do. And then we walk back out into the world and we say, I'm ready to go again for another week because I watched God this week. You can tell who the people are. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to give anybody a hard time. You can tell who the people are who come that way every Sunday. They're the ones that are still hanging around when the presence of the Lord is moving. The ones that came for the singing and preaching left as soon as we bowed our heads. Now everybody's going, ooh. I don't think I'll get up and run out as quick till next week. Because everybody be looking at me today. It's going to take a couple weeks before I can do, do that again. Folks in the back be back here with a notepad writing down names. What impossible thing. What impossible thing. Are you asking God to do? I leave you with this final thought. We're going to pray. Maybe the reason that that impossible thing is in your spirit is because God so desperately wants to do that. And so he's not letting you forget it. It's maybe not so much about you as it is about him saying, I really want to do this for you and I'm going to get some glory, but it's going to change a lot of people's lives. And that's what he's all about. What impossible thing. Examine what your prayers have looked like lately. If your prayers have been all about yourself, if they've been all about your betterment, if they've been all about you getting something and something going your way, then you're missing it. But if your prayers have been all about, Lord, I want to be more like you. God, I want to be used. I want to be that person that stands before you and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to be found successful by your sight, not by the world's. Then God says, yes, you'll get it. The impossible prayer that you're praying is a prayer that he has probably put in your spirit. Because it's a burden he wants you to carry. And then whenever he accomplishes that, you're going to have a testimony, which means something to someone else. Not just, you know, I had a new car, but I wanted another new car. So I prayed and God gave me. I mean, God's, God's like, you know, you got you, do whatever, do whatever. But get concerned about somebody's soul. Lord, I thank you. I praise you that you are a God 
of the impossible. There's nothing impossible for you. You can do anything. And God, you do something all the time. The oxygen that you continue to produce for us to breathe is not produced by the trees. You just use the trees to produce it. The trees are yours too. I pray, God, that you would overshadow us by your Holy Spirit this morning and infuse us with your mighty power and produce in us the impossible. This week, let this army scatter out across northwest Arkansas with healing in their hands. Songs in their heart. Faith in their soul. Turn us into proclaimers of your goodness. Let us be the ones who speak life to the dying. Use our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears. Not tomorrow, not years from now, but I am where I am in this moment of time because this is where you've put me. May I be found faithful right now. All of us aspire to greater things. It's exactly what you want us to do. Help us today to trust in your strength, in your power, not our own. Because it's by your might, by your power, by your spirit, not ours. Today, God, we're going to ask you for the impossible. We're going to examine that prayer, but we're going to ask you for the impossible. And we're going to believe you for the impossible. We're going to ask you to give us patience as we continue to pray until we see the impossible come to pass. Because nothing is impossible for you except nothing. You want to pray an impossible prayer? You got a prayer already in your heart that God has given you something in your spirit. You've already been praying. You know that it lines up with the will, the word, and the way of God test it one more time you could sit right there where you're sitting you could stand where you're where you where you're sitting that would be fine but i'm asking you i'm asking you this morning to act on the word of god to put action by standing up right there where you're at and walking down to this altar and getting down on your knees in the presence of the Lord and praying that impossible prayer yet one more time. Who am I talking to? Come on, get up quickly. Come on. Who am I talking to? Surely, surely there's more than just a couple of us that are, that are believing God for the impossible this year. There's people here that need to see souls saved. They're praying for their family. They're, they're praying for relationships. 
praying for miraculous healings for people. Come down again and pray your prayer. Come down again. Remind God that without Him this will be impossible. But that through Him all things are possible. Remind Him of His power. Remind Him of His word. Tell Him, God, I'm standing on Your word today. And I'm believing You that this thing that You gave me was not of my own. It was not my conception. It was something that was put in me by the Spirit to have this desire, this belief. You're the one that overshadowed me. You're the one that infused me. You're the one that impregnated my spirit with this thing. I can't do it, God. I can't do it. I can't make it happen. I can't get any closer. Lord, I've tried to get there on my own. I've tried to make things happen. But God, today I'm simply giving it back to you and saying, I am your vessel. Do the impossible in my life.